Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Savage Gentleman podcast. Today, we have with us none other than the Bert Soren, MF CEO of Sorenex, among with many other talents and skills. And, and Bert, super glad to have you. I can't believe it's taken this long to actually get you on this thing. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. It's it's cool. We got to connect and and bond well a couple of years ago now. And was it Utah? Was yeah, it, yeah. We were down uh, in Moab. Uh huh. Moab. Yeah, yeah. And had some awesome conversations and talked about making snow caves and mm-hmm. all the cool stuff. Took a took a front squat workout together and and um, now we get to talk finally. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a long time coming. And for those of you who don't know, Bert is is really awesome individual. If you, if you haven't been following the stuff that he gets into, I I highly recommend, especially if you're into uh, hunting and family and uh, fitness and epic badass beards. Um, I hope I'm not shortchanging you any there. There's probably a a laundry list of other (laughs) things, but just right off the top of my head, those are some of the, um, the highlights. And um, yeah, it's interesting. Bert's the kind of guy that, man, you just start talking and within a few minutes, you really, you you cut through the bullshit and you get into some cool stuff. And and that's (laughs) something that I, that I really appreciate. And I'm fortunate to have, you know, a guy like you and, and, and other individuals as well in the orbit, you can just have these really man, deep, profound conversations with it's, it's a, I, I think it's, it's a rare thing these days, unfortunately. Thank you. Likewise, that that's, those are the definitely the type of people I, um, I'm attracted to as well. And so that's why I think we hit it off. You know, I think we were in a minivan or something <laughs> riding through the desert, figuring out what we're trying to do, figuring out if we want to wear our new boots or our old boots on the hike. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the, that's the stuff, man. Like you realize, Hey, this person has some more depth behind him. And yeah, we both have beards and muscles and all that stuff. And like, it better go further than that. And that yeah. was, the cool part was we didn't talk about any of that normal stuff that you would see on the, on the surface. And um, yeah, so yeah, I, I appreciate you too. And, and, and likewise, it's, it's been uh, too long since we've got to talk and, you know, we needed to do this a long time ago. And indeed. Um, yeah. And, and I guess I left off the list male model. Um, so, well, we I guess the a, same, same shoot. Same well, everyone line. knows I'm a model, but they may not know that you are uh, I mean, the it, same green room, you know? Yeah, that's right. Um, no, Speaking I mean, of which Rudy Reyes is at my house right now. What? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. He shot, he hit me yesterday the day before he said he and Jade are coming through town. They wanted to use the farm for a, um, a shoot on shooting uh-huh. so they brought their guns over to run in the range and then they're coming over tonight for dinner so they're holy sh- dude i've got so much fomo right now <laughs> son of a gun and i mean speaking of male models yeah rudy reyes yeah rudy was like is, the OG he's kind of the guy the yeah guy. yeah um so he very well may just like strangely pop into this podcast because his his entry is always very dynamic <laughs> and, and flamboyant so we may get a, a Rudy cameo like in the middle of this. Uh, one one can only hope. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. He's another one that 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 I need to get on here as well at some point. I mean, that guy's got an amazing story. Um, and and speaking of story, I guess maybe we should give a little bit of backstory on. You know, we've kind of alluded to how we met. Um, but for the listeners, they may not. They probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, they're like, all right, nice. So, so Bert and I met uh, on a photo shoot for Beyond Clothing. We're, we're good buddies with the guys that, that run that company, Rick. And um, Paul got us, got us um, involved in that. And this was 
several years ago and they make, you know, really cool outdoor adventure gear and we like to do outdoor adventuring stuff. Um, and apparently we look good enough to take pictures of in some people's minds. So yeah, we, we got to go down to Moab and stomp around and, um, you know, look like we were doing epic stuff. And actually it turned into being epic stuff, which is really cool and something, you know, that, that I knew you're really cognizant of, and I try to be as well, of not just like trying to look the part, but actually like, you know, walking the walk. And, and so, you know, when you're talking about doing outdoors adventure, you know, man, there, I don't know that there's many things that you haven't done. I mean, you've been on a bunch of hunts so far this year, right? Um, I have, I have, it's, it's I, been a pretty good year. I was going to say, judging from what I've seen online, it's been pretty <laughs> successful. You, you got a, you got a monster whitetail recently, right? Yeah, I've, I've been on a bunch of hunts this year. I was on a little bit of a slump for my destination style hunts. I've been on uh, mule deer in uh, northern Arizona and or the, the, you know, the deserts of Arizona mule deer archery hunt and got really close a few times. I actually had a miss, you know, it's public land mule deer hunt spot and stock. It's pretty mm -hmm. tough. But um, and then I had a two day elk hunt. So, you know, unfortunately, I passed up some bulls that I should have shot you know, I hunted it like it was a five day hunt and it was a yeah. two day hunt. And then you realize like, Oh, oh crap. Oh crap. Yeah. We're, we're here now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a, had a crazy nine days. I shot a, a monster here in South Carolina, whitetail went to Missouri, um, two days out before the end of the bow season shot a giant with my bow. And then the opening second, the day, second day of the rifle season shot even a bigger one with my rifle out of the same stand. So it was kind of like, you know, remember like on, um, uh, uh on caddyshack when like the the priest like just keep the reverend just keeps knocking in every like nowhere to where he hits the ball it just yeah it just go hole. yeah so that was kind of the nine days i had there so it was it was good because i had a little bit of a, of a slump so yeah dude that's that averages out yeah no i mean well and that's i i suppose that's the way it goes i mean i i'm just mm -hmm. like dipping my toe in the in the hunting water i mean nothing too crazy mm -hmm. um for the for the folks that may have been following my my antics recently i've been uh i've taken uh, it, no i mean it is it, it's borderline shenanigans even i've been i've got a i've got a recurve uh bow that i've been been practicing for several months now just i got a restrung over the summer and i've just been you know thumping a target and i've gained enough confidence to at least go out and try and bag some squirrels in the in the land back behind me and i I'm not super good um, at all. I haven't gotten any yet. I mean, the squirrels are, you know, that squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're trying, like they call it, yeah, I'm sure you know the, the traditional archery, they call it the struggle stick, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're starting with the struggle stick. Like you're not starting with a rifle or a crossbow or a compound bow or a shotgun. Like, yeah, no, I just want to get a stick and a string and walk out there and see what we could do. Like, you yeah. know, mo most, mostly this is like for psychotic experts, but why not try to start with that? That makes total well, sense. Well, I mean, I, I think I have the psychotic part down. Um, <laughs> well, but, accurate. but, but, you know, it's interesting something that you were talking about on your hunt, and I can, I can somewhat relate to again in my limited hunting experience is this idea of like passing up shots. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that that's probably something that translates in a bigger sense. And I wanted to, to kind of get your take on, man, okay, you see these opportunities and it's the do I, don't I moment, right? And it's like, well, especially if you have a limited number of tags, it's, you can't just keep trading up. It's not like you're fishing and you can call and you're like, 
oh, just kidding. Let me throw this one back because I caught a bigger one. It's like you, you get what you get. And man, how do you process that moment of like, okay, this is this potentially could be all I get. It could be a good one, or I the biggest freaking trophy uh, buck bull could be walking right by in in a matter of seconds. Right, right. Now that's something. See, growing up in South Carolina, we've had super li- liberal limits uh, for a mm. while. When I when I grew up, South Carolina was two bucks per day. <laughs> for four months in South Carolina. So the having to call or having to choose was, was a pretty limited experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you're yeah. like, if you had bullets and a shot, you're like, here we go. You know, yep. like here's another one. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a lot of reps. It's like a video game. You just get yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. of reps if you want it. So mm-hmm. that was good in one way because you get a lot of reps, you know, um, at reps as in like you get to shoot and you get yeah. blood trail and you get to make decisions and all that other stuff. And, and, but when you go to a different state that you've waited three or four or five years to get a tag, you're there, you've spent a lot of money on like the guide or whatever, the housing, all that other stuff. And you know, you have this one tag. And then that's where, you know, a lot of those guys say, you know, don't pass the first day, which you would shoot the last day. Mm. And yeah, that's, it sounds good, but it's always <laughs> a gamble, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, most people hunt, not because they're only hungry, but there's some sort of romanticism or some sort of adventure or kind of an expectation but you you, you're just thinking like i'm going to do this awesome thing right Mm -hmm. and so for me like you know i'll be honest just stuff with big stuff on their head makes me excited like when you it's like kind of like muscles like big muscles are cooler than little muscles like you go up and you wrap your hand around this big piece of bone off this just ancient cool animal like there's something primal in it oh yeah so, and, and generally there are less of them. There's a scarcity mm-hmm. to it and they're more, they're older. So they're smarter. There's it's just a harder deal. So it's actually the reverse of predatory response or predatory action within nature, because in, in nature, you go after the weakest and easiest mm. to deal with the least amount of effort towards it. Yeah. Because why would you put a lot of effort towards, you know, making a living? And, uh, but with like a, a, I hate to say a trophy hunter, but going after the more mature, intelligent animals, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll pass hundreds of white tails a year to shoot the one I'm looking for. Yeah. And, but going into that, you realize I could eat a tag this year. Mm. So every time you pass, you're going, Hey, I'm, I'm maybe running a risk. I'm one step closer to success or I'm one step further away mm. from success every yeah. time. So How- Go ahead. I was just going to say, so with, with that context, because, you know, like, like I mentioned before, you're, you're the, the head honcho over at Sorinex. And so, you know, how does that same mentality apply to, to running, running a business? Because I imagine, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of decisions that come across your desk that are like, all right, is this the opportunity? If I take right. this one, does it preclude me from something else? You know, do I pursue this? You That's know, a great bird in the hand. Point. That's a great way to put it. So I'll give you the story that actually happened this year in the woods and then kind of Tarantino it into kind of the business. So <laughs> nice. uh, I killed those two, two big deer um, last week in Missouri. So I killed one that was like, you know, what I kind of figured was around just big, whatever. Great. Well, I sat the same stand for two more days. And I kept seeing these, these smaller bucks, good bucks that you would certainly shoot, but I'd already killed a big one. And I, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the time was going and I was seeing less and less deer. Well, the, the pressure 
you know, the pressure is happening. Every time you hear a shot, you know, somewhat that's one less deer in the inventory. So you look at mm-hmm. from a business perspective, you're like, that's one less business opportunity out there. That's one less draft pick out there. Yep. Every time you hear a shot. And then also not only is that one dead probably, but the ones around them are more educated. Mm-hmm. The market is more saturated. Like that's how you kind of look at that. Yeah. And so I get to the point where I'm seeing these younger bucks run around and chasing and breeding these does. And so immediately you think like, well, the market's saturated. Like mm-hmm. the, what, what is out here is out here. And this is what I, I need to probably shoot one of these uh, okay opportunity deer because the big ones are gone or I killed the big one and all that mm. other stuff. But then you take one deep step further when you to a trained eye. And I went, wait a minute, the buck I killed had a big scar on his head and his root, his ribs, the fascia under the fascia was bruised yellow. Mm. I go, those little deer didn't do that to this one. Yeah. So then you have that, that's that little bit of that market intuition and wisdom you go there's still an opportunity out there that is uncovered right now Mm -hmm. there's still white space yeah and i said "Uh, a big one isn't going to let these little guys breed this in this little area and the more pressure that happens just like in the market the more pressure that happens it pushes the deer in this space into the the thick forest where i was staying i was going to the hardest place to be Mm. because i knew when the pressure happened the deer would run to me and they hardest and hardest two, for hunters to get to or hardest for the deer hardest, to access as well. Hard, oh, the deer love it, but it's okay. hardest for the hunters. To get gotcha. to. You got to walk far. It's thick. Mm. It's nasty. You can't see very far. It's not the fun place to be, i.e. the easy part of the marketplace. Right. So I went in and did the work. I hold up there knowing that basically the market would come to me if mm-hmm. I did a good job. Yep. And the more shots I kept hearing, the more deer I started seeing pile huh. into that little forest where I was because they were trying to get out of Dodge and I happened to be in their bedroom. Mm. And uh, day two, you know, I saw an absolute monster stand up out of his thick bed and he'd been there all morning watching everything that was going on. And I yeah. just stayed, stayed tight and uh, I was able to kill him and he was considerably bigger. I was pretty sure he was the one that was beating up on the yeah. giant that I was shot a few days before. But I remember at one point that day going, man, the next decent one that comes by I'm taken because, ugh, you know, industry, you know, the, 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 the inventory is getting low. I better get it <laughs> while sticking. Yeah. Right. And so you're exactly right. That's things that happen in business it's always playing that double Dutch. When do you jump in? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, ugh, it's like stock market. Hey, what do, is, is it going up? Is it going down? Where am I at? What's the white space currently in the industry? What are, what are the trends? What are, or what are the competitors doing? Oh, they didn't see this. That's the fun part of it. Right. I mean, that's the cool stuff yeah. that makes hunting fun, makes, makes business fun, all that other stuff, you know, sitting on a food plot and having a deer walk out. It's pretty easy. Yeah. You know, but having to really outsmart, the whole, the whole situation, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that, and when it pays off, you know, I ended up, I've killed a couple hundred deer in my life. I've been hunting for 30 something years and to kill my number two and my number three all time within four days of each other. It's pretty it's gnarly. Those, yeah. It's pretty gnarly. It's one of those. You're like, well, there went my luck for about five. Years. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just better take up golf at this point. Yeah. So, no kidding. Well, but that's, I mean, that is all that I see it. Yeah, no, I mean, that is true hunting, right? Otherwise, you're kind of just shooting. You know what I mean? There, there's a point where you can kind of gamify it enough, I would imagine mm-hmm. that it's, yes. you know, and, 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 and this isn't to like bash anyone and how they hunt or that sort of thing, because there's a lot of people that, that truly mm-hmm. 
use that meat to survive. That is how they feed their families. And when that's the case, man, it's by any means necessary. I don't give a shit what it takes. I don't care what you need to do, get it done. You know, but when you're talking about and get it done as quickly and as efficiently as possible, because yep. if it's for survival, you want a low overhead. Right. Yep. You can't spend, you know, months and months sitting in a stand waiting for that one opportunity. Get in, get out mm-hmm. and 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 get it done. But, you know, the, the the strategy, the the outsmarting, the thinking, the craftiness to me, that that is a, a really um, compelling component to hunting in general that that I think is really cool. And like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, put one over on these squirrels that have been just giving me, <laughs> giving me the business as of late, but, it, but it is fun, man. you know, you're studying the animal. You're like, you're trying to, to strategize, you know, I'm looking at what time of day I need to be going out. When are they most active? Actually yesterday I went for a jog um, down the road and it just occurred. I was like, damn, there's a lot of squirrels running around. And then I was like, wait, if there's squirrels here out by the road, guarantee they're going to be running oh, around out pattern. there in the woods. Yeah, weird, pattern. right? So so yeah. noticing that, I was like, and and sure enough, I saw a ton of them. Um, most of them were in the trees, and and I don't have the right tips to be confident mm-hmm. to just look. I, I just didn't want to lose arrows, you know? Right. So again, I've got to get better, and i got to get a little bit better equipment. But, you know, recognizing patterns, I think, is really important, and, you know, both in business and, and, and in actual hunting. Um, for you, how much, I mean, obviously there, there is the, the, the recognition, the pattern, the studying, the cleverness, how much, how much do you personally tend to rely on kind of that intuition, right? That instinct of, no, this is the path to go. Cause you said you had some, you know, like an actual business tie-in that, that this would relate to. There's something that, yeah, that happened that you specifically did. Um, well, yeah, and then it's it's more of a day in and day out okay. as we look at the, as we look at the industry. So, like, I use I use a lot of technology and metrics in both business and hunting. Like, mm. almost every day I wake up, the first thing I do is check the wind and all the places I hunt, whether I'm hunting or not. I, I check the weather, I check mm-hmm. the moon phase, I check the wind, and so I start establishing patterns. And then I go through the motions and go, okay, if I'm going to sit this thicket today i my ingress and egress needs to be this way to not alert the deer the thermals are going to push my scent up and for me it's just part of keeping my mind working and to Mm -hmm. think oh my wind switch from north to south that's unhuntable now or i might have a sneaky thing i could do to come up and around and do something differently and so for me that's almost just like it's like medicinal dessert for my brain. I like doing it, but it always, it just teaches me to be smarter and sharper into, into start predicting outcomes based on some of my, the algorithms of and some of my technology. And then much, much like with business, right? You start looking at, okay, well, these are the things trending. These are the things, you know, I see some white space here, or I see some, you know, different profit losses, like all that type of thing. You use those big, tools the technology Mm -hmm. tools that we have but then sometimes you know i like what they call still hunting which means strangely enough you're not even being that still you're (laughs) walking through you're just literally walking through the woods yep and and you're walking super slow and i like it because you have to be so in tune to what you're doing there's no off time if you're sitting in a stand you kind of turn off your brain a little bit and just Mm -hmm. observe but in still hunting because you're actually hunting you have to be remarkably present at the time and you work a lot off of there's there's logic in in, in that part but there's sometimes just gut Mm -hmm. like 
I just need to walk fast right now. I need to be over the side of that bridge right now. I don't know why. I just feel like I do. Yeah. And that's the fun part when you kind of work in that rarefied air, even in business, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll think of things in the business world, whether it be like a design of something, it'll be that last little bit right before you wake up when you're still in that REM sleep. Yep. You're coming out of deep, you're kind of in REM, you're kind of awake, you're kind of not. And I've dreamt of so many different pieces of equipment or movement characteristics or ways to solve something right in that spot. And there, there's no technology involved in that. That's just the, the computer of your brain running and you wake up, you're like, oh yeah, there, that's that. And, you, and then you run off that intuition. Like, I don't know, this just feels right doing mm -hmm. it this way, but you have to be connected to that. Much like when you're in the woods, you can't kind of be there. Yeah. You have to be super there. I would say like in a fight, like you can't be thinking about what's going on at home. Like <laughs> you can, no, you I mean, you can, it just doesn't go well. I can, I can tell you <laughs> firsthand um, that it, the, the net result. I mean, I, I, I spent about 25 minutes of just getting my ass handed to me it was right after my daughter was born mm. and um my wife had just gone back to work on maternity leave so we're talking what is that probably three three months roughly mm -hmm. right so three months the week that my wife went back to work was my first week being stay-at-home dad taking care of the baby um which was also fight week so i'm cutting Perfect. weight i've got i've got our first child um that i'm like I don't know what to do with this thing. And I hope I don't break yeah. it. And um, so, yeah, needless to say, like the fight that, that, you know, put a, put an interesting spin on fight camp um, making weight was super tough. And I get out there and, and, and just, man, as much as I was trying to rally and muster it, it just wasn't there. And I, I guess I'm too dumb and too stubborn to quit. So I just let that guy, beat my ass for like 25 minutes straight you know and every round i'd come back and my coach jeremy horn was he's like all right man you got to start doing stuff i'm like yeah no I, I hear you and i super want to but my body's just like yeah no fuck you we're not we're not we're not doing that today boss so um right. oh, so man. it's How it's I'm... super important yeah just to be <laughs> remarkably present you could use all the tech the 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 planning and all the stuff mm -hmm. of fight camp and yep. all that other stuff but when you're in the fight like you have to be there it's amazing and, how uh, how little some of that other stuff matters when it when it comes down to right. it right i mean and this isn't to say you can go out there and have success on wing or prayer um that the preparation isn't important right but all of that preparation will fall flat on its face if you can't if you can't bring it together when it counts you know, and that's, I think that's, what's really cool about hunting, right? Again, you can sit and you can sling all the arrows in the world and you can put them on a freaking dime, you know, from 50 yards out. But if you can't do it when it actually counts, when the pressure is on, it doesn't right. matter. Right. Um, or make those little, like for a boast, you know, you're, you're going to be within 20, 30, 40, 50 yards at most. Well, also people forget a rifle. You could sit there on the gun and wait for that animal to show up mm -hmm. and squeeze off like that much movement. Right. Right. There's also a physical <laughs> component of drawing. There's this big gross motor pattern movement. Mm -hmm. And then if the animal decides to stand behind a tree for four minutes, well, you're at full draw. And so yeah. there's another thing. And then, okay, now you're letting down this bow and having to do it. Like there's all this other stuff. So you have to be really, really dialed in because 
kind of like in business. Like when you got to shoot your shot, it has to be, you, you don't get too many opportunities. You damn sure better be ready for it. Yeah. You well, be ready for it. You I, better time it right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like, I like what you were talking about with, you know, with, with that sixth sense, you know, that intuition. And I think for, we, we spoke about this on the phone earlier, this idea of like sensitivity um, where man, there, we really, I think have gotten away from being able to, to, listen to our instincts, that gut feeling and be, and, and a lot of that comes from sensitivity. You know, everything we, we tend to take in, in this world today comes from our eyes. It's, it's, it's a visual stimulus and yeah, there's a lot of information there, but you know, your body, you have a nervous system. It's not just one, one input, right. And there's so much that I think that we don't even really fully understand. And when you look at animals, right. And the way they behave and the things that they can do and, you know, yeah, they're selling, they're smelling stuff, they're hearing stuff. But I think that there's also there's something else that they just feel and they intuit that you know that this human creature that we are has has I th I think lost touch of for a lot of folks. Well, I think we've been at the top of the food chain so long, we've kind of become a proactive, mm. uh, proactive organic system versus reactive, and and not to say that that's bad or good, but. For a survival standpoint, you kind of need to be reactive. You yeah. need to know, like you need to you're you need to be a, an information processing system, not just an output. I'm just going to do these things. Well, right. uh, you need to do these things based on the information coming in. Yeah. And if you're not sensitive to that in all senses, and even a sixth sense and just a just a gut feeling mm -hmm. of something, you know, you could get smoked. Oh yeah. And, and in the olden days, like the days before we were just apex predators living in, you know, high rises and the whole deal, you got super smoked because yeah. before, like we got good with tools and weapons, we we're pretty vulnerable little, little chappies running. Around. Yeah, no, I mean, we really don't have much going for us. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're a tasty treat for a saber tooth cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. no fur, no, literally uh, no nothing. Claws. Yeah. No, um, so it makes me wonder like how more in tune people were sense wise. Right. I guarantee they, years ago. I, I think very much so. And, and again, I think a big part of it is like you said, we don't have to be anymore. And I think another part is, is, is um, information overload. We're bombarded with so much data now and so much stimulus that, you know, it's really hard to be sensitive and, and pick up on a signal when all you get is static. Yeah, it's, you, it's you, just nonstop bombardment of sound and light right. and color and, and, you know, information from every angle. You're, you're, you're overstimulated. I think when you're overstimulated, stimulated, you can't be, you can't be sensitive to the, to the really minute things that might be, you know, coming your way. Oh, it's, it's just, it's scientifically proven. I mean, that you build a tolerance to input. Right. I mean, you probably got hurt the first few times you got punched. And after a while, it's like, ah, oh, that guy yeah. keeps swinging and I keep feeling some stuff. And like, eh, like, yeah, you whatever. feel, like, you, you feel me. I'm like, Hey, this sucks. Well, well, yeah, it's funny because you, you feel like your body being moved, like you feel the force that it changes your trajectory a little bit, but the pain doesn't really register unless something gets really messed up. Like you, you, yeah. you cave in your orbital socket you, you're going to feel that, you know what I mean? You, you, you completely obliterate your nose. You'll probably feel that, um, have a tooth come out. Yeah. But as far as the other stuff, you know, a black eye, 
you know, even a laceration, it doesn't actually hurt. You're just like, oh, there's some wet stuff coming out me. And then it's like, ah, right. shit. Well, but, yeah. but you're not like, you, you know, there, there's never a time. I don't think there's ever been a single um, case where I'm just like, ooh, owie, that... <laughs> That's smart. I got an ouchie. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And it's weird. And it happens quickly too, because I was I hunted for a week in Missouri. We're hunting 12 hours a day. We're on stand. You know, it's the rut. So you get there and you're not moving for 12 hours. You have a hike in, hike out. But literally, you know, you get back to camp, you talk a little bit. But I started thinking about, I said, I went for a week and basically didn't hear any sounds. Mm. Like I didn't watch TV. I didn't listen to music. I had a few conversations and my ears actually hurt this week because everything sounds so loud. Wow. It's weird. Like, yeah. When people talk, I'm like, gosh, why are you being so loud? They're like, my kids, I thought my head was going to blow off when I came home because they're all screaming and freaking out. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? They're like, (laughs) it's just normal. I'm like, oh, right. I've been Ah. basically audio confinement for mm-hmm. a week and now i'm like i'm like super wolf man i could hear everything yeah th- that, that's an interesting point and and i actually had forgotten what it was like to like assimilate back to to society going we we were out um on the on the tv show and we were out in the wilderness for like 21 days on that sure. uh discovery channel thing and coming back it was it it was like borderline disturbing kind of like what you were saying it was like such such a shock to just have so much going on um you know machines and and tv and light and everything it was like you know we had people there so it wasn't solitude but again you know you're 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 sleeping in the dirt every single night um you're not being exposed to all of the technology and that sort of thing. And so getting immediately thrust back into it, there was no like gradual thing when, when they stopped filming and we made it to the end, it was like, all right, now you're back in the world again, go hop on a plane and fly to Japan. And it was, man, it was, it made your head spin. It's interesting, you know, how, but, but is, it's cool that we can, we can also adapt in the other direction. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we've become adapted and, and I think somewhat numb, and lost that sensitivity because of the the overload of information. But man, if you start to remove that and you can consistently do it for a bit of time, I mean, humans are, are incredibly adaptable species. And I think right. we, I think we sometimes forget that it's like, yeah, I know we, we're kind of a shitty animal in the way that we steward the planet and the way that we treat each other. Um, but also, man, we're, we're pretty remarkable in a lot of ways. If we can, kind of not step on our own dicks metaphorically speaking yeah that's really accurate i mean we are pretty much like you know back to back to back planet champions like we've kind of figured this place out we're crushing it literally (laughs) to death we won (laughs) yeah but uh no you're you're exactly right and that's part of like a sorenex outdoors like we want to get you know i'm not i'm not trying to like plug that no please do i mean i i plug that's kind of what we're trying to do is like get people out of and and i love sports and i was an athlete in the whole nine it's like but that doesn't always have to be the end goal of exercise Mm -hmm. or or you're like you know hey you're a college soccer player whatever like you don't have to play soccer for the rest of your life to be active yeah, you can if you want, but there's also all these other outdoor pursuits and rock climbing and scuba diving and mm-hmm. hunting and all these other things, and the more of a of a capable subsistence style that that starts sharpening these senses, these different senses, and that's kind of what 
my excitement level has been because, you know, I threw a steel ball for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I, I was really good at making it go far. I paid for my school that got me on a couple Olympic trials and like all that other stuff, but I don't do that anymore. I'm 45 yeah. years old. I'm not going to try to throw a hammer. Um, but I was able to still train and to hold myself accountable and to, to live a strenuous lifestyle through a different medium and a medium that I really loved as a child and as an adolescent and a young adult, but I just didn't get to do it enough. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where like a Sornex Outdoors side comes in. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's so awesome and, and really useful now. I think we, we can get fixated on a particular thing, right? And, and when we look at like sport and athletics as the end all be all, as, as opposed to just like a, a means to an end, right? Like the sport itself, it was really designed to simulate something bigger you know, that, that, that had a higher purpose. Right. Um, I mean, even, even something like, like fighting, you know, yeah, that's kind of useful for self-defense. And, you know, if I had to go and I don't know, go in war with another tribe or whatever, it's like, I'd probably be pretty handy if everyone ran <laughs> out of weapons and all we were left to with the bare hands, like ah, you, doing you, probably, a pitch. <laughs> you want me? Yeah, I'll do. I'll do. Um, so, but, but I mean, something like, like the game of American football, right? And it's like, well, that if you take a lot of the tenants, not now that this was the origin, I'm just using that as an example. There's there's kind of like a, a bigger picture of like battle there. And you look at a bunch of the Olympic sports, right? Um, you look at the javelin throw. Well, they were actually throwing spears. You look at um, the, the pommel horse and gymnastics and they were jumping on the ass of a horse. You know, and these are all actually requisite skills for a, a greater purpose, the survival of, of the species that then we just got comfortable enough to actually dick around with it and, and explore it to this point where we can just do it for funsies now. Like <laughs> I don't really need to shoot a, a bow and arrow at anybody, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best of the world at it. Not because we need to, you know, war with these other tribes and use this thing, but because it's fun and it's cool and I can go to the Olympics and yeah. get a sponsorship from it. So I think, I think yeah. that perspective is huge, right. Of like, Hey man, you don't have to define yourself by this activity. It's it's really valuable. I mean, you wouldn't be the man that you are today had you not, you know, competed at that level and gone through the process. Right. But I think it's the process that matters, not the actual activity or the awards of or course. the other yeah. stuff itself. Of course, and it checks boxes. You hate to say like we're so primal in some in so way so many ways as just humans, uh, you know, like a, a savage gentleman, right? Like you, you have these or you look at and you go, well, yeah, like we're not throwing spears at each other right now, but we're kind of going to flex on each other and we're all going to bring our best out to this field. And we're going to basically show the guy who could be the best mm -hmm. at throwing a spear at you. Just like, so you know, if we wanted to fight, we got this guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 look, I, and you're like, ah, it's kind of the same thing. Just a little bit turned down. Like, I, I, I don't know. If, if we hadn't just, if we hadn't won, if we hadn't cleaned house at the Olympics, I might argue with you, but since we, since we, we had such a great showing, I'm like, no, we can, let's use, let's use the Olympics. Let's use athletic competition <laughs> as a proxy for sure. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm thankful that we actually live in, in a time period where that's the case. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys like, man, I was born in the wrong era you know, I should have been a freaking Viking warrior. And it's like, yeah, I get that. And I like listening to, 
you know, freaking Danheim and, and high long and that yeah. sort of shit too. Like I, it's, it's pretty rad, but man, I wouldn't, if I'm being truly honest, man, the, the prospect of having to just jump on a freaking ship and sail out into the unknown with nothing but my for months fur and, months. and battle axe and, and just see what we find and hope I can, you know, bring back some silver and whatever the hell else I'm looking for. <sighs> yeah. It would be cool for like, everybody wants to be a Viking until do Viking shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be super cool until you get your arm hacked off and you're like, ah, fuck. Now, yeah. you know that this really sucks. Yeah. And there's no penicillin or anything. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to die three weeks from now. They're like I'm here. I'm going to bleed out right here because I got, I mean, yeah. You know, you watch or movies get infected or tetanus or all these other things. And you're like, yeah, you used to be awesome being a Viking today, like three weeks from now when I still got to do this shit. Yeah. This <laughs> sucks. Uh, Damn it. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and that's, that's like the epic stuff. I mean, imagine, imagine <laughs> you just accidentally drink some, some shitty water and you get freaking cholera or, or, you yeah. know what I mean? You just get food poisoning and die. Cause you just shit like, yourself God, to death. He, yeah, it's like hey, he was doing good a couple of days and he just <laughs> up and died. Yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, Viking stuff is super cool and and bygone era. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of value in that. But also, man, there there's some there's some positive sides to modern medicine and technology. I think, and again, bringing back the the savage gentleman mentality, it's like, well, let's take the best of both. Let's not right. cast aside, you know, the 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 valuable aspects of of you know, primitive man, because I think that they're in a lot of ways, you know, our, our primitive ancestors were better than us at certain things. And I think we can borrow and lean on a lot of those aspects to enrich our own modern lives. But also, man, I'm talking to you from several hundred miles away, having a conversation that we for sure I'd have to, you know, get on a horse and ride for a couple of months, we would have to meet at the rendezvous in springtime. Yeah, and, and, and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> getting our knife fight yeah and and i probably would starve to death before we even got there because like i said i haven't even gotten <laughs> the first freaking squirrel so you know just gonna waste away to nothing yeah that that's that's very interesting to look at because i grew up too like just thinking vikings were so cool and like and i still think they're amazing i think they're more amazing now that there were actually any vikings because you had to be tougher than crap just to survive that style like yeah you eat rotten fish and go around on this boat with it like you said, <laughs> well at least my axe will keep me warm <laughs> what are you talking about you're like bro have you ever been to norway you know what <laughs> i mean like it's that's it's cold up there all the time just yeah and you got some weird fur and like no <laughs> gore-tex no underlayers like no sh real good shoes it's like i got i killed a bunch of crap and i wrapped it around me and let's paddle this boat for a couple hundred miles <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe the maybe the french guys aren't as tough as we are <laughs> yeah no, no, let's let's go find some other sissies that you know maybe oh, could you imagine maybe how pissed off stuff. how pissed off you would be when you got to shore though you're like fuck this boat man this boat sucks i am killing the shit out of the first person i see and I mean, taking their stuff maybe that was the strategy right where you're just like all right man we're just going to be so freaking miserable that that no one can stop us because anything literally anything is better than what i just experienced you know that's probably it right like you keep 
I remember going to Westside Barville my first time, like mm-hmm. in 2002. I remember Louis said, he's like, oh yeah, there's fights in here all the time. I was like, like fight fights. He's like, fights. And you like, figure like, you know, they, they don't make any, you know, any question that they're using some, some different, you know, substances. Yeah. And getting some, some extra help on the side. Yeah. You got some strongest dudes ever on a bunch of stimulants and, and strong making pills. Yep. And that also and, incidentally affect your temper and mood and aggression. <laughs> and everyone's mad. Yeah. And you're, and, and that's what happens. You're like, Oh, well, they start fighting. We literally, if they're on the ground, we'll just kick them across the ground out of the door to get them out of the way, the squat rack and we'll keep squatting. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, okay. So like they can kill each other in the parking lot and, and probably would try. Yeah. But as long as they're not getting in the way and messing up the tempo of box squats that day, get out of the way. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I wonder why you guys were so good for so long because you're a bunch of freaking animals. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it, it has, I mean, you know, pure unadulterated savagery does have some advantages depending on what your goals yes. and objectives are. And I think, you know, the, the key is being able to call upon that and tap into it uh, when it's necessary and then having the, the maturity and, and the wisdom to recognize when it isn't. And, and I think, you know, a big thing that I like what, what you've got going on with, with everything that you're doing and particularly the Sornex Outdoors is you're giving people an opportunity to tap into that savagery, right? To, to explore it, to feel it, experience it. Um, to challenge themselves, right? Because man, there, there are a few things I think out there that are more challenging than mother nature uh, and the great outdoors. I mean, that is, that is probably the pinnacle in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's true, right? I mean, it doesn't care who you are or what you've done and all those things. It's like, it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Mm -hmm. You're going to be really screwed up you know, and you better prepare and you better, and then sometimes just luck isn't with you. Right. It's like, Oh, this happened. <laughs> you know? And I, I like that. I've always enjoyed that. Even as a kid, I, I enjoyed the truthfulness to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my dad would bring me in the woods and stuff like that, but it was, it was always a process before it was, what are you going to bring? What are, what are your, your resources that you're bringing with you? And then you get to run the experiment. You get to go mm-hmm. out there and if you're wet and you're cold, he's like, Oh, so you brought, you know, extra candy bars instead of a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah. He's like, Hey, I want to think that one through and you're mm-hmm. wet as crap and you're miserable right now. And that's a great lesson. Yeah. And, um, and that's the stuff I just, I love. And I so want for my kids because experience is a really great teacher you know, and it's and the best teacher, a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just like, I remember sitting so many days in a deer stand, so wet and so cold by myself. And, you know, dad says, I'll come back later. You don't know, you don't wear a watch. You don't know if right. that's in 10 minutes, three hours. You're like, I'm in this woods with a rifle. I guess I'll probably should okay. be still. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I just remember like, just pray and come back soon. I'm freezing my butt off, you know? And then you, you, but you're thinking you have enough time to think like, all right, next time I'm bringing this and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this, and gonna, this will not happen again. You know? Yeah. And that's the stuff that's just great. I, I think, I think that any time we can put ourselves in, in a position that, that elicits um, introspection, right. And self-reflection mm-hmm. that we also still can survive and make it out of. Cause there's a, there's a point, right. We can reach a limit. Where we're like, Oh man, I'm really rethinking my life decisions right now. And uh, made, mistakes were made, right? That we, that we don't right. get the chance to come back and tell those tales. So I think it's important that we, you know, keep, keep that in mind, but we, 
you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's a bad thing to kind of bump up to that edge, whatever that line right. is to, to kind of flirt with it a little bit. I'm not saying you jump over it. I'm not saying you just, you know, sure. full send dive across it, but you know, you should occasionally maybe at least be able to see it in the distance. You know, maybe you can't smell it or taste it, but yeah. man, that line needs to still be somewhat present in our lives for us to be present in our lives. I think. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. You need that little, a little dashboard flasher every once in a while goes, this is scary. And um, yeah, no, I, have you read um, uh, Michael Easter's book? Um, oh gosh. I have it around here. Uh, <laughs> Comfort crisis. No, Comfort crisis. I, no, really, it sounds really familiar. Cool. I think someone had mentioned that to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just how, not only capability, but happiness generally stems from lack of comfort. Mm. And we always think as humans, we're like, make ourselves more comfortable, more comfortable. It's like, yeah, but that really kind of takes you down this path of really, you just kind of blah, life is just blah. There's, you know, and so I would highly suggest one of the best books I've read in a while, but he talks about uh, going on these, what they call Misogi, and you very well may know what that is. It's mm -hmm. like an elongated challenge um, that, that you go on and, and like, number one rule is don't die. And number okay. two rule is make it really hard, but don't die is, yeah, is yeah. like, like you're sort of saying like, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. All right. Are you going to probably going to die? Cause you need to have some safety mechanisms worked in. You want it to suck. Yeah. You want to, you have to like dig down, but dying for something that's just an interesting challenge that we can probably in a good plan. Yep. Um, and so like he, he was talking about, and he does it himself and I've done some, you know, planning some, the idea is planning a challenge that you have a 50 50 chance of succeeding. So mm. it's not like it's going to be kind of hard, like, no, you're going to have to go there yeah. or, or not. And it's not something that's a short duration. Like uh, I'm going to do a set of five in the squat. Like, eh, well, you could hold your water for 20 seconds. Sure. Like something that's multiple hours, multiple mm -hmm. days, like to give yourself a chance to go, this was a terrible idea. Yeah. And still have to push through it. Yep. One of the other things he talked about, which I found, found was very interesting was um, you don't tell a lot of people mm. because one thing you say, you put on social media, you're like, I'm going to run 25 miles. And then you have people that are going to pump you up. People that are maybe even going to offer you negative reinforcement that you could fight against in your mind. Like, yeah, screw that. Guy. I'll show them. I'll yeah. show them. It's like the purest form of it is if you know, you're going to do it and you have to answer to yourself. Mm. So when it gets really hard and you know, there's one thing it's like, yeah, but if I quit, I have to tell on social media that I quit, I better push on. Just like, right. I'm just decided to do this. If I quit, no one's ever going to know I quit, but me. And then that's the test. Yeah. That's, you know? yeah, really, that's really, super really cool. Super no, cool. I, I, I mean, going back to the idea of comfort, you know, it, again, like that's a, a valuable instinct to have because if we didn't have the drive to be comfortable the species wouldn't survive we never would have started making fires we just would have froze our asses to death right. boy you know is it cold i know oh well that sucks to suck i guess i'm just gonna lay down and you know not wake up this raw meat's great <laughs> so you know that this the, the push that internal drive is what has got us to this point but i think we are now so comfortable so entrenched in comfort we're surrounded by it and so insulated that it's starting to have an adverse effect and i think something like um you know this challenge that they're talking about is super necessary i think we we need to consistently create those in our lives so that we can have that reminder and that, that comfort itself doesn't be doesn't become the thing that kills us
you know, they always talk about, right. uh, I, I think, I don't think I quit. I'm sure someone else said it first, this idea of like comfort kills. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I wrote a, wrote a blog article about it a while where this idea of like, man, we just, we just get in our little cocoons and you know, that's, that's it. We don't grow. And I think once we stop growing, um, we go the other direction. And right. for, for, for you guys over at Sorenex, I mean, your, your mantra is, is to be legendary. Mm-hmm. You can't, in my mind, and maybe someone else has a other better understanding or different understanding of the world, but you can't be legendary without doing something right. And, and doing, doing epic things. Right. Um, I like the idea of not putting it out there for other people though. I, I, I like the personal challenge, mm-hmm. um, not having anyone to answer to for yourself. And then also not doing it for the glory. I mean, it is really easy. Even, I mean, I think back to when I got into fighting and in the early days, there was a big draw of it was like people knowing they're like, Holy shit, this guy's badass. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And, and then as a young man, like, that's really cool. That's actually sure. really important to your identity for people to know, like that dude's a tough SOB. Um, so, so there was that aspect of doing it mm-hmm. for other people's validation. And, and as I got older and realized that didn't, um, that fuel didn't burn as long as some of the other stuff, you know what I mean? There, there, there's, you got the flash in the pan, right. And that can be useful, but like, man, you need a, you need a long burning, uh, source of something, you know, to, to, to draw that energy right. from. And it's in that, that for other people, I think doing things for other people is fleeting. So that's a really cool thing. And, and so I guess you can't tell me, I mean, the first rule about, about it is you can't talk about it. Do you have something planned for well, yourself? Well, you know, another, another part of that, that was also that I believe he, he spoke about, um, it has to be something novel. Mm. So let's say it's, let's say you pick a, a marathon, 26.2 miles. That's not really novel because you mm. could put that res- result against millions of other people's result. You can know as a four, as a four hour marathon, good as a five hour marathon, as a three hour marathon, good. He said, pick something that is so novel that you can't really, that you can't really have a good idea whether you're gonna be able to do it or not on the front mm. end, because yeah. it's like, Oh, well, I know this guy, Phil, and he did a four, four hour marathon. I'm like, it kind of is a shape. So I'm going to try four hours. Like, yep. you know, and he talked about a guy, these, these three or four guys, they took like this 80 pound rock and they, their goal was to move it five kilometers down the beach underwater. Oh, shit. And <laughs> they, and, and they were like between six and 10 feet of depth. Mm-hmm. And they went five kilometers underwater, taking turns. They would run across the bottom with this rock and they'd come up. The next guy would go under. And they did this for like <sighs> almost a day. And they had no, the whole don't die part. They had like a rescue boat there with the medic. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was like the only people that knew what they were doing. <laughs> and you're, you're like, well, I did six kilometers. Like, no, you didn't. Like, it, it's, it's so novel. No right. one else would have done that. Yeah, there, there's no, there's nothing to grade it against. Be like, ah, oh, man, we just set the world record, or right, you, you know, just know and, it's really hard, and you're gonna go do it. Or yeah, you're just gonna quit. I think, I think, I think not knowing what you're getting into completely yeah. is is really important. That that sense of the unknown, because if we know the the potential outcome, right, um, it, it eliminates a big portion of that fear factor, which I think is actually valuable because. 
you know, this is a contrived event. You, you created mm -hmm. this thing. You didn't need to do it. You just generated right. this out of thin air, right. Um, to simulate and prepare you for something else that's unexpected. And that, and, and, that's what we're really going to encounter. So mm -hmm. I think if we're going to be able to navigate those real life situations, well, we need to have as many of these experiences under our belt as right. possible. And, you know, I think there's certain people that have probably just by the way they have lived their life have organically run into all of these challenges. Um, and, you know, for most of us, I think going back to the not wanting to be a Viking, uh, when it really comes down to it, I think we would mostly want to avoid those situations where, yeah. you know, that the, the, the chance of not, not surviving is very real. Like this is one of the reasons why I like um, professional fighting because, okay, I know I'm not going to die in the cage. Like the likelihood of someone killing me is really small, right? There's a good, there's a, there's a, you know, 50, 50 chance I may lose. And there's, there's a very good chance that I may get injured. Um, there's a, chance that I could get severely injured. But all in all, you know, I'm not I'm not walking into a war zone. I'm walking into a cage with a referee and another opponent that knows the rule set and we're going to have right. it out. Um so there's risk, but but it's not too high and I think that's the thing is figuring out okay, what what can elicit enough risk to make it worthwhile but isn't so uh over the top that you know, it makes well, that makes the endeavor pointless. It's like, well, that was that. Well, if you kind of knew the the outcome Game on over. the front end, yeah, it's like uh, it, it, that's where like that neuroplasticity and, and like the dynamic thinking and and your brain able to take in information and and work work with whatever come. I, I call it like my wife and I talk about. Well, whatever comes out of door number two, we'll deal with. And it's like that's kind of that thing. It's like the door number two is like mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's kind of the cool part about it. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And like, you'll, you'll see, I, I've, I've done some, some, um, uh, some, some work into like autistic children, some research into it. My son's on the spectrum a little bit. And one of the things is, is the, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the lack of dynamic thinking. Okay. So here's one of the things they did with him to kind of retune this, they call some of their, their uh, primitive skills or the primitive responses, like the Babinski reflex and different mm -hmm. things like that. The people are just, well, the idea behind those is those train parts of the brain, right and left side, how to respond to the world around them. And once you get those, those responses um, set, and they're no longer, and they, they kind of kind of move past the response phase, that's how you, you're building blocks of how you build your logic and how your brain works. Okay. For instance, if I walked behind you, and I said, you know, if I clapped my hands, that's the startle response, mm -hmm. right? Okay. But if I said, all right, Josh, I'm about to clap my hands right now. It's going to be very loud. And I clap my hands and you still startled. Well, you haven't worked through that, that primitive re, re, uh, reflex yet. Mm -hmm. your, your, your brain is still kind of caught there. Like, like you're good. That's going to happen time and time again. You haven't had enough reps that maybe most, some, maybe most kids need three months of reps. Maybe you need four years of reps mm -hmm. of that to get that through and I said, well, what's the big deal with that? And that was one of the ones my son had. Yeah. I said, well, what was the big deal with that? They said, well, that is how his, the, the neuroplasticity and how his dynamic thinking would be based. Mm. They said where it would come up problematically when he's 16 years old and a girlfriend breaks up with him out of nowhere and he loses it mm. because 
expect even things that happen that are unexpected, the inability to deal with them, take them stoically, take in information, logically work through it. The basis of it was the clap and the startle, you know, and you're like, whoa, it was so interesting. We did this thing called brain balance and it literally worked through all of these primitive skills until he's kind of worked them through. And then we're able to start building those building blocks on there. And I think that's something that probably more people are lacking than, than we would probably even think. Cause you see people just lose their mind sometimes and you wonder, you're like, man, what primitive skill or primitive response is that person maybe just never fully developed? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, going back to living an insulated life, right? They probably never needed to. I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, a lot of the way that people are um, developing now in the world is, is very different than, than what our physiologically our physio, I don't know, we physiologically have been able to keep up with, right? The technology has increased exponentially, but like, you know, we're an organism and it changes very slowly over time. Mm -hmm. And so we can't, you know, our brains can't adapt, our bodies can't adapt, but we're still, but we're thrust into this environment that's, that's just changing so rapidly. And so, yeah, I, I'm sure that that we all, in some degree or another, we we have missed some developmental steps mm-hmm. along the way. And and you know, we we talk about this quite a bit for men. One of the things that that is lacking in our society is that that coming of age into manhood. Like we don't have that collective agreed upon moment where you did this thing, and now okay, everyone knows and recognizes. Like all right, he's got the feather. He's got you know what I mean? This, this piece of clothing or this tattoo or whatever the thing is um, to say that, okay, you, we recognize you, we see you. And so without that, think about how many guys are out there just walking around with, with a chip on their shoulder because they themselves don't know. They haven't, they haven't received that acknowledgement. Um, they haven't given it to themselves and they haven't gotten it as well. And right. I think that, that is a huge, um, Mis, misstep in our society nowadays. I think culturally, it's 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 a big, um, man, it's a big glaring, glaring weakness. I think it's the biggest. I think it's the absolute biggest um, detriment that men and women are both facing and carry with them right now. It's that big wound and that big hole that they don't, you know, a man, you know, says, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. Am I good enough? Have I gotten the recognition from my tribe? Mm-hmm. that I'm good enough to be a part of this tribe. And women generally, their whole and their their uh, question is, do you see me? Yeah. Am, am I desirable? Am mm-hmm. I am I attractive? Am I someone that you'll pursue? Mm-hmm. And um, am I know, some am I someone worth defending? Am I someone am I someone worth defending? Am I someone worth you know giving it all up for all yeah. that stuff? And you look at you know the tales of since the dawn of time, they really ran off of those two themes. And when you start bastardizing the human existence and and what our requirements are within society too far, and you start really kind of passing, uh, allowing kids to pass, you know, you know, without having kind of pass the grade without having to do those things. Yeah, just move through. them to the next one. Yeah, move them like, to the next one. Move to the next one. Then you get these thirty-year-old men and thirty-year-old women that are totally lost in life because those really basal, basic, primal 
answers have not been answered. And they'll look from every other method to figure out if, you know, and that's, that's men going out and have the toxic masculinity stuff and going out and do all this stuff. They're, they're, you know, they're wondering it. Well, okay. It's like, um, watched a special years and years and years ago. It was in Africa and they had, uh, it was like a, a big reserve, uh, preserve, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And they were moving some, some elephants around and they moved one of these old bulls out of the, out of the herd and moved it to another place, blah, 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 whatever. They started finding these dead animals everywhere. So they started finding dead rhinos, dead zebras, like all these big animals, like what the heck is killing these Mm-hmm. rhinos you know yeah they find out that there's these adolescent bulls are basically just trampling stuff they're chasing people they're smashing stuff they're messing and they figure it out like it's like a bunch of teenagers they're pumped up on testosterone and the big patriarchal bull was taken out of the herd so the young ones didn't have anyone to look up to mm. no one to be afraid of and they didn't know how to be bulls they didn't know what they needed to do to be a bull elephant yeah. They're just like, I'm big and strong. And they just do stuff. Do yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> and you look at like, man, how beautiful of a of a of a interpretation and, and, and representation is that mm-hmm. of society, like for strong men and strong women are, are wildly important. Um, otherwise, you're all dressed up like big, strong, testosterone-filled bull that they're is all it super useful and is, is actually super useful and is actually damaging, damaging yeah detrimental yeah. to the society around them yeah. i i think that that's a great metaphor and i think sadly we we there are few places where well sorry there are actually there are a lot of good dudes to look up to i think they sure. do, they no longer reside in the places where we used to look mm, for those point. people right um you know, it, it, you used to be able to see them in traditional leadership roles and in and, and all these other facets. And now when you start looking around, you're like, man, it's it's hard to find. It's hard to go across the um, the, the the list of House representatives and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's I, I definitely want my kid to grow up like that person. Right. You know what I mean? I, and, 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 and I'm beating up on politicians because it's easy to do and a lot of them deserve it there there are some (laughs) there are some super squared away individuals there but but sadly they're far and few between um you know we we used to look to you know uh, uh, we used to look to mythical heroes right that was that was where we got our sense of right and wrong and, and aspiration and you know our, our our heroes, I think, have been have been killed and have been eliminated, or they've been watered down, or they've been then, you know, transmutated in a way, cartoonized to, and and, and and well, it, to to come more, become more accessible, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's not to be confused right. with inclusive. Um, th- that's different. But this idea of like accessibility is like, hey man, let's look. Hercules, too strong, too buffed, too jacked. Um, let's go ahead. Let's, let's water him down. Let's make him, you know, this so that, so that kids, you know, um, don't have to aspire to like be this thing. And I'm using, I'm not saying that that's the only example. And I don't even know that that's. They forget that Hercules killed like lions and bears and, and bulls with his bare hands. Yeah. Which he wouldn't be able to do, you know, (laughs) if he couldn't bench press his own body weight. I'm pretty. He wasn't extraordinary. (laughs) Right. And, And so, you know, this, this idea of like greatness and excellence being bad, like, no, look, we gotta, we can't, we can't talk about 
except being exceptional because, well, it might hurt somebody's feelings. And what if they can't? And it's like, man, no, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not that we want people to feel bad about who they are and what they're doing, but we need to have stellar examples that exist in the world to aspire to. And if we, if we sweep those under the rug or we cancel them or we do whatever, you know, society seemingly wants to do to them nowadays, this, the, the problem is only going to get worse. You lower the bar enough and the bar is going to be on the floor. And yeah. Then, then and I'd say like, it's oh, pretty just, close. Oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, it's, it's shocking how incapable the majority, not even Americans, just humans, just, just humans in general. It's shocking. And, and I'm not even talking physical capability. Like, oh, I could chop down a tree and like, I, I fine. Like that stuff is just, <laughs> that stuff is so far off from the normal population. Sure. But even the ability to carry on a conversation, listen to one another and, and be curi- curious and candid mm-hmm. in your communication with one another. To be able to hold your cool while you hear something that's maybe controversial or different than you think, <laughs> to show each other respect. Like those should be kind of major tenets of the human existence, but they seem extremely rare these days. They they do. I I, I will add, and, and maybe your experience is different. And and I'm I'm nothing if not optimistic. Right. And, and, and so I will say that, that the large majority of actual humans that I encounter face to face, and maybe it's because the bar has been set pretty low, but, but actually are decent human beings that can do those things. There's, there's exceptions. And sometimes you run into some weirdo yeah. that, you know, can't like look you in the eyes or mm-hmm. do what, whatever their, their thing is, or can't, you know, can't have a conversation without losing their mind. Um, but I think, I think that, the information age has, has has really skewed our perception. And so when you see people flying off the handle on social media and online, we we tend to say, well, this is, man, I just read through 150,000 Twitter comments, you know what I mean, of people just going ballistic over this thing. Like, well, there's no hope for humanity. <laughs> well, um, that's, I, a, that's I, a really good point. That's a really good point. I probably need to not ge- overgeneralize uh, like that because really yeah, most people I hang out with are you know, pretty. Maybe amazing. that's wrong because we, we are, because are we, we hang, hang out, out with, with cool people, cool people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so well, it is hard so. to say, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I want to believe that, you know, the cool people that we, you and I encounter are, are hopefully a good, you know, in some way semblance resemble uh, the general population, but judging by a lot of the stuff that's going on, I, I do have to believe that, that they are somewhat of a dying breed. And that's why I think it's important for, for us and, and everyone to have some of these real genuine conversations and talk about some real shit, not just the fluff, um, or, you know, what, what's on Netflix or, you know, this celebrity doing that thing or whatever other bullshit that, most people, I mean, you know, not to, there's, I'm sure I'm going to catch some flack for this, but it's like, Hey man, I don't really give a shit the score of the game in the grand scheme of things. You know, the fact that they won or lost or did this or did that, like, that's cool. And I'm stoked about it. You know, go team sports ball, but like (laughs) (laughs) there's more, you know, if if that's it, if that's, if that's where the conversation stops, if that is the pinnacle of, of your experience of life, um, it might be worth 
into, it might be worth looking into some other avenues is, is my thing. I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, and we work in the sports world. I've been in the sports world forever. I love it. I love parts of it, but the end game and the score is not, is, is really kind of, I hate to say is kind of inconsequential mm-hmm. for me. Like I'm not going to revolve my day around the decisions that 18 through 22 year olds make on a Saturday. Like, like go that, dogs. Like, I mean, I, I love, I love that they're after it and they're excited and they're, yeah. I got to ride that ride. It's a great ride. I hope they enjoy that ride, but I rode that ride. I'm not right. I don't need to do it again. Them. I don't need to do it again. I'm super pumped that they get to do it. I support them. I love it. I love when we maybe make some things that I know make some stronger and more fit and more mm-hmm. capable and like then i have a dog in the fight like hey i had a little teeny 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 little shred of your success and now we're in this together dude it has to but, it has to feel pretty cool when you see pictures of like ncaa championship teams and then you see sorenex in their weight room like pretty cool that's pretty dope it's pretty, i mean it's, it's yeah. pretty cool yeah and it's been neat like the last few years it's like almost every year either a national championship team or a world championship team for a while now has been one of our customers and so like those are the guys i'm pumped about people are like yeah. who's your favorite team well I you go, got a you've got a horse in that race that we, to speak of yeah because i know the coach and we, uh, we 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 sit down and we talk about strategy and we talk mm-hmm. about what to do with these kids and and i start knowing some of the kids and like i know what the coach is going through and i'm going know he's going through at home and i know what's that's the fun so that's the humanity of it yeah. what the score says at the end of the game like eh, whatever cool yeah but i, I the, think the, the, the human nature of it's the best part yeah and and so when you recognize and you and you look at it and i think it's easy to when you when you see athletes on a field forget that they're like reg- i mean then these are kids actually not only that they're just regular dudes but 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 these are these are kids man um and and they're extraordinary athletes and they're they're full of talent but trying to derive our own self-worth and existence from their performance, I think is, is really like <laughs> uh, a, a bad path to walk down. I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life, but if, if you were asking me for advice, I would say maybe, maybe take a, take a step back. I mean, appreciate what they're doing and, and, and the, the talent and the skill to get there and enjoy it for them because man, that 18 year old kid, 20 year old kid, whatever, just scored a touchdown in the biggest game of his life. And man, that, that should be celebrated. That's a, that's a really cool experience. And we, as a society should be like, man, you did something that very few people, you know, will ever get a glimpse of. And I think that there's value in that we're celebrating like peak human performance, but man, don't let it ruin your freaking day. No, if he drops the ball in the end zone. Yeah. And I'm glad that that kid is going to have a hard day when he's 43 years old and he's going to maybe be able to think back to that 30 seconds of an amazing time he had at 22. And that hopefully will get him through that day mm-hmm. and go, man, that was cool. Maybe that question, am I good enough? Maybe that helped him answer that. Yeah. Like, that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And so that we were a small part of that is great, but yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like someone told me long, long ago, they said, I'm not, willing nor interested in being a background player in someone else's movie Mm. and i took that to heart and i went okay this is my x number of years i have on this earth this is my movie yeah how i this is my adventure of what i want to do with it 
my adventure does not derive off of someone else's adventure. Yeah. And so my adventure and my Saturdays, I'm pumped from the teams that I like and the guys I like, and I watch them support them. Mm-hmm. My Saturdays are chasing my adventure because yeah. I realize one day I'll be unable to. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of my adventure, come along. If you don't, I hope you don't. I hope you go do your adventure because that's your life. It's your yeah. thing to do. And hopefully we can help you be stronger, more capable to do your adventure, but pick up the sword and start swinging because you know, it's later than you think. Right? Yeah, no, man, that, that is all too true. Um, I, I think far too many lives, uh, far too many people live their lives like an NPC. And I don't know if you're much of a, of a gamer, and for for that for our, for no, our nerdier for our nerdier listeners and and I will include myself in there. Uh, NPC is a non-player character, uh, so you have a video game where you have your guy and you have him go do stuff, and then they have programmed in other avatars that you in, interact with and you talk to and you get quests from, and they you know give you things, um, but they only exist when that player comes up and talks to them. They don't do their own thing. They're not, they're not playing their own game. They're not, there's not a real person attached to that. It's, it's a non-player character. And I think too many people are, are, are okay with living their lives as such, where they're not actually leading their own adventure. They are, they are just existing and yeah, they interact with people when they come up to them. Um, they're watching the main character go off in the distance to go slay the dragon and they're just sitting in front of their shop. And when he comes back, maybe they'll sell him, you know, some new armor or whatever. Right. But <laughs> that's those, those, those experiences are very different. Um, oh, that's yeah. a very different experience. And I think, you know, we, we've kind of come to, to an age where, where too many people are, are just content with being, with being NPCs and watching, other people have these adventures and oh, that's, that's good enough. And, and, mm. you know, I, I use adventure as a catch all term. Not everyone's right. adventures are going to be the same. Um, no. Your adventure will differ from my adventure. And there's guys who, you know, my adventure is like, you know, a relaxing Sunday morning to them. It's, it, you know what I mean? Like my, my <laughs> me on my most Epic day is, is some dude, you know, hung over rolling out of bed and just you know going through the motions right right and and that's perfectly fine it really doesn't matter what your adventure is as long as you're having it as long as you are yes. you know leveling lifting that bar up and, and and moving it in in a positive direction right leveling that thing up and not just being content to have it lay on the floor um yeah and there and there's some unknown and there's some risk mm-hmm. and there's some effort and there's like that's an adventure you know that it doesn't have to be denali yeah it doesn't have to. It, it could be has to be it could be but it yeah, could I be mean, it could be the mountain it could be the hike you know to the top of the hill back behind your house that you haven't ever explored and you know that's your could first be having time kids Jeez, yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, the adventure of that, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's still the hardest thing I've ever done. And you're like, I signed up for this three times. Am I crazy? But <laughs> that was the adventure, right? And that that's where it's like, live, mm-hmm. do do this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you you mentioned something when, when we talked earlier, and I and I wanted to, to touch on it because I thought it was it was really cool. Uh, this idea of 
man, making sure you're going out and living the life that you want to live. Um, I, I think it's really easy to get caught in a particular role. Uh, like we were talking about, you know, I was asking about the business and how that was going. And then, you know, you, were, you had mentioned that um, it's going well, but, you know, you, you're also making time to go out and do the things that you love and not getting so wrapped up in chasing this one thing that everything else falls to to the wayside. And, and I thought that was really interesting because I think a lot of people can get can get caught in that trap um, of, of following success, but not living, you know, the result. Right. You're not even enjoying the fruits of that success necessarily. That, that's a really good way to put it. And, and some people love the process and love the ride and the adventure of the work so much. And I enjoy it, but there's also other things that I realize the fruits mm -hmm. are, are good to trade for as well, you know, and I want to enjoy the fruits because I've kind of joked. I was like, well, if it's going to be this much stress, if I'm not going to go do fun stuff, then I'm going to go get a job for a lot less money, a lot less responsibility. And when at five o'clock when I'm off, I will not think about it until the next day. But much, you know, I'm, I'm tied to the, this white whale at this point, you know, day or night, you know, waker. And so if that's the case, I'm going to make it worth it on the clock and off the clock. And yep. it's going to be, it's going to be a tool to better to better my life while I'm having the adventure of the business. And then if it offers me additional abilities to do things to go and adventure and explore other parts of this world in this little meat suit that I'm wearing. Yep. Then cool. Like that, that that's otherwise why put up all the stress? <laughs> yeah, know? no, no, no. And that's, you know, and, and, and you know, more specifically, you know, the, the conversation was running the business and then getting out and going to do yeah. hunting, you know, and, and right. making sure, cause you said you realized you're like, Oh man, I, Holy crap. I, I need to go out and do the thing. Like I, you know, the, the thing that I actually live for and, and experience my life, like I've been so focused and, and I think we do that. I know I've done it time and time right. again. And, and man, you, sometimes you forget to come up for air. <clears throat> right. Right. You, you know, to, uh, to love, to what's your passion. I always ask people like first things like, what's your passion? What do you, well, like movies, that's not your passion unless you're a movie maker. Like, right. Well, like pizza. Yeah. Mm, come on. Like a, a passionate passion. about like, coffee, bro. About? Right. You know, and if that's like, I think people need to find what is their passion and they don't have to necessarily have to make that their vocation, but if they, if they're passionate about something, those are the people I want to be about around because I know they at least care. They'll put the pedal to the metal down on something. Yeah. They'll put all their chips in on something. And those are people are fun to be around. Because oh yeah. Well, cause they challenge you to do the same. And I think, you know, that competitive exactly. side of us, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I would be lying if, if I didn't say that, that, you know, you and a lot of other guys didn't have a heavy influence in me picking up the struggle stick, you know, watching you guys going <laughs> out and, and slinging arrows. And I'm like, man, that's pretty badass. And these guys are cool. Uh, that's, that's something I feel like I should probably have. And if I want to get to hang out with those dudes, I probably need to be able to speak the same language to some oh, degree. Man. You know what I mean? And it's like that. And, and I well, think that's well, important. Yeah, well, it goes back. It goes backwards too, because like I hear you talking about doing a recurve bow, and like I've been shooting. I used to shoot recurve, and I've been shooting compound bows. Those are the wheels and the pulleys. Yep, and the whole yep. Deal for those people who aren't tracking at home. <laughs> but uh, you know, now I'm like, man, 
just getting in the recurve. I should pick up my recurve. <laughs> like I've never killed anything with that. Like I need to start, like I'm, I'm a better hunter than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could do that. And like now, right now I'm doing the math. I'm like figuring All out right, places I can sit right now. I'm like, I could do that. that I bet that would work, but thank you for yeah no it, revitalized about that that's great. I, no i'm 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 honored i mean any it's cool and this is this is how i think how how real friendships and relationships in the world should work and and especially amongst men which is really hard i think guys have a hard time making friends um where we should be able to challenge and expire and inspire each other not in like oh man i'm gonna get a bigger buck than bert this year but like yeah, or uh, I'm gonna see if I, I'm gonna out front squat, right? Yeah, or yeah, like <laughs> right, whatever, right? But but I, but I think you know it, it's good to have that reminder of like, uh, man, this these dudes just like squatted all last month, and next month they're gonna freaking be doing some deadlifts. <laughs> Shit, I should probably pick up something heavy because I haven't done that in a while. Like that's that's really useful. Not not that we live our lives again to try and impress other people, but man, we we should we should surround ourselves and yeah. with, with folks that inspire us and that are going to motivate us and um, challenge us to, to be more and, and do more. I think that's the only way we can, you know, ever hope to achieve that, that legendary status as it were. That's it, man. And that, that's, that's the part about a tribe and, and building your people around you and you go after your own adventure. And part of the adventure for me is helping others on their adventure and, yeah. and creating, you know, whether it's a, uh, inspiration or maybe that's opportunity or a resource or things like that like you know i'm thinking now i'm like all right the first one of us kills a squirrel with a recurve though you better <laughs> you better shoot a text back and forth and oh 100 oh it was like, like all right i gotta get out and do that the, <laughs> listen make have the, <laughs> this the day that i bag a squirrel with my recurve it is going all over social media it is going to be like people are like this dude is so weird like what it's is not a squirrel freaking squirrel hunter thing and like i'm i'm already planning like i'm going to make some kind of wardrobe i don't know i'm going to make like a like a like a leather vest out of squirrels or something it's going to be hey you know what you can make a sheath for that sweet knife you have just a, like a like a just a yeah squirrel. like you can hollow out a squirrel basically <laughs> 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 oh oh that would I'll be. probably get in trouble for does PETA do people PETA people listen to this podcast I don't think so I mean generally speaking I like to tell anyone that that is of that because sometimes people like like oh man do you guys do you guys have any like vegan friendly products and I'm like well the the cows were vegan that we made the leather so it's vegan leather <laughs> made from vegan cows vegan deer yeah vegan, i mean they vegan. all eat plant i don't i haven't yet to see a cow at least not that we make stuff out of that is eating meat so he's a vegan <laughs> right that's how that works I love it. no we, we don't get beat up on that too much yeah. um I, man. Got, I got some fun dmz today that was like i don't know why people would say things like that but I don't know. I, I'm sure yeah. people all give this kind of crap. I was just like, wow, that's really spicy. Interesting. Yeah, people get, I, well, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, listen, I, I, the surefire way to know, I, the last podcast, um, <laughs> I made the joke that basically anyone who gets on our social media unsolicited and just starts talking trash, then it has, it has something to do with their, um, that their penis size and the lack thereof. I was like, well, clearly this is what it is, but, 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 
And while I don't ha- think that that's actually true in terms of a blanket statement, like I can't judge what you're packing based off of your comments, but what I can judge, what I can tell definitively, mm-hmm. if you are someone who is that miserable with your life that, that you're just going to like jump into someone's DM and leave them a comment because you didn't like what they said, you, you are not someone who has accomplished anything worthy of, of recognition. And, and you're, you're trying to get that attention in some other way. I have yet to see a single person that, that I look up to that has done things that are like, man, that's really freaking impressive. You, that is a huge accomplishment. I've never seen anyone that's accomplished things like that behave that way. And I don't suspect that I ever will. Think about any dude that you look up to who has done rad shit. They don't do that. So I know by default, when you behave that way, oh, you've never done anything meaningful with your life. No, no Pretty wonder much. you're behaving this way. You know what I mean? That's yeah. yeah they're they're all, all those guys are always future focused. Like, once what's the next ridge top? Like, what's the what's the thing? And 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 then yeah, you see people that either want to be successful or they they start hating the successful people so much that they want to bring them down just so just so they could have some sort of relevance. You, you remember the movie um, Young Guns too? Mm-hmm. When uh, when Billy the Kid he was hanging out with with Pat Garrett and their best friends, and then at the end of it he goes like Garrett's about to shoot him, and and Emilio Estevez tells him that it's Billy the Kid. He goes, "Hey, just realize you'll never be Billy the Kid. You'll only be the guy that shot him." Mm. And just kind of like that last little thing, like you're gonna shoot me in the back as I turn around, and that's the best you'll ever be. Yeah, you know. And I just I think of that when I see people online that just just chatter with that little like rat stuff. It's like, man, yep. go out and do your thing, man. Like, Don't please, by all means. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally, I, could you imagine where the world would be if, if you could take all of that waste and energy and like, I don't know, like, like put it towards something productive. Like I I'm almost positive. We could have cured cancer like 10 years ago. If, if we could, if we could direct that somewhere, like the, the amount of human achievement we could, we could, we could actually reach if, if people stop yeah. doing bullshit like that. And, you know, I think they're really, I don't know what else to do. Like you can't change people's minds. I think the best thing we can do is just hope to, you know, have conversations, talk, you know, my, my goal is to maybe, maybe that gets under somebody's skin a little bit. And they're, you know, I, I hope that there's someone that's listening to that. I like to think that all of our listeners are like, you know, they would never be that kind of person, but you know, maybe they accidentally stumble across this podcast. Um, yeah. And, and they're like, Oh fuck, that was me. I, I literally just did this to so-and-so the next day. Maybe, Hmm. Maybe I should listen to Burton. Jo- no, that's, that's not going to happen. Maybe I should do with this. Mistakes like that. I mean, all of us have done petty, dumb crap. Oh, all of us for, for sure. I mean, but hopefully we could all learn. The goal right? is to learn. learn. I'll do something stupid to, later today. Once we hang up, I'll do something absolutely idiotic. It'll make some, like, that guy's a dick. And I'm like, ah, shit, sorry. I, I, I fuck up all the time. I mean, I, I just told you I crushed my phone this past weekend in, in the hatch, in the hatch of my wife's Explorer. I went to shut it and mm. it didn't shut all the way. And I was like, oh, something's in the way. So I shut it harder. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I was like, oh, that was a weird sound for whatever was, you know, Maybe what I'll might have been blocking it. <laughs> That'll show it. So then I open it up and, and just my screen was crunched. And I was like, ah, shit. But uh, so that's made communications 
a little bit tricky. So for anyone who's been trying to call us for customer service or whatever else <laughs> you might be trying to get a hold of, uh, I have a legitimate reason why I haven't gotten to that email or whatever. It's because I'm an idiot and I break shit. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's, I think there, there's a lot of, there, there's so many things now my mind is spinning and, and, and other topics I want to get into, but I know you're a super busy man. You probably got some squirrels to hunt. I know I do. Um, well, yeah. they're, they're just, they're, they're just, they're just calling me. Um, they don't know what's coming today. No, they <laughs> super don't. They're, they're in big trouble. <laughs> um, I think I think maybe another another episode at some point I'd love to have you back on and you know I'd be honored sync up and and, and chat some more because there's man there's there's so much to talk about with a, with a cool guy like you what what are some places you know that people can we, we mentioned Sorenex outdoors what are some other areas yep. that people want to reach out to you they want to follow you they want to get some of the best equipment stuff on planet earth uh, where can they find all that? Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, I'd love to come back on the show at any time. And I'd love to have you on our podcast on the Be oh, yeah. podcast. Uh, that'd be great. I'll like I'll have a whiteboard right here. Um, so they could check me out on uh, Bert Soren, B-E-R-T-S-O-R-I-N on Insta. I'm on Facebook a little bit. I'm not on Twitter. Never looked at, I have no idea what TikTok is. I've tried to keep <laughs> it that way. Um, and uh, Sorenex on IG, there's Sorenex Squattober, Sorenex Outdoors, and Sorenex, so it'll be Dead Simber. So as it's for Dead Simber, it's a, a 30 days of deadlifting. We program it for everyone. It's free. You just log in to Sorenex uh, Squattober on IG, and it's the world's largest deadlift party. So we had tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in Squat, oh, hundreds of thousands for sure in Squattober, but uh, tons and tons of people all over the world would be deadlifting. And uh, just just a community event to get everyone doing hard stuff, kind of like a Masogi. You're gonna yeah. do it for 30 days. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be kind of strange. Mm -hmm. And um, most people quit. Yeah. So that's it, it'll it'll change your life. Man, can we? Is there a way to sink on just I, pick a day? I don't care what day it is, right? But one day in December, you everyone sinks their watches, right? And minimum, you got to get three wheels on the bar everyone stands up and then when the clock strikes whatever everyone drops it as a whole time and just see like it's do you think we could feel world. it see it shake the whole fucking world <laughs> i love that how do, like 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 if is there someone that would be tracking like the seismology or whatever like would that show up you know i mean that's really really interesting <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's kind of silly, but it's actually kind of cool. Someone has to do the That's math and cool. be super smart to figure out, you know, all the different time zones and, you know, whatever. But man, I mean, you know, you're idea. talking about hundreds of thousands of people just like, boom, dropping it at the same time. That'd be, that'd be super cool. That'd be a dope way to ring in the new year, actually. Oh, Can you imagine if oh. you did it at midnight? On December 31st? I wonder if it was like shift. What is like it shifts like the axis of the world and spins oh, shit. <laughs> oh no <laughs> you're like well we had a pretty good run at it and freaking well, Josh had this asinine fucking idea idiot. yeah you just ruined the whole world just dropped <laughs> all your weight knock the axis guys you're sitting off. in there he's like don't do it like this is the, like, that no, was no, the no, no 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 not the deadlift idea yeah oh, dude that maybe that that releases the kraken or like cthulhu Ooh. or something yeah, who knows who knows what it could do that's <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man all right guys in the comments on this do we, need, <laughs> do we need to do this or not yeah should we do it or not what do you think let us know like and subscribe i'm so bad about that i never do that shit and i probably should but i'm just like man if you like our stuff watching if you don't then that's cool too like i don't yeah, i don't feel like i need fun. to twist anybody's arm to be a part of the things like do cool shit and with hopefully yeah. when people see it they'll appreciate it and if not fuck them or, or just, or if, if you don't like what you see, then maybe we should do a better job. No, 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 no. It's, it's not <laughs> me. That's them. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> absolutely not. How dare you absolutely. suggest that well. I need to work harder at something that is preposterous, <laughs> sir. The audacity, um, man, Sorry. this has been, this has been a ton of fun, dude. Really, really yeah, appreciate it. And, and please, Bert, are you in the league of Savage Gentlemen? Did I send you an invite to that? I know you don't do a lot with Facebook. Um, I don't know, but I would like if you would. Okay, I'll make sure make sure that I that I did. I I thought I thought I've seen you in there a couple of times. I'll double check to make sure. Maybe early on. Maybe I need to I need to dig back into it. Yeah, but tell me if I am and and make sure. Okay, it's it, it, sorry, it, was, it just popped in my head when you mentioned you didn't do much Facebook, but you are on Facebook. I was like, well, he's on Facebook. We need to have make sure he's in the league. Yeah. So yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and and then if people like have some questions, you can you know. They're like, hey, you got, you know, that that would be if someone's like, oh man, trying to do this, you know, dead simber and trying to you, knock the world off its axis. Knock the world off its oh, axis. I got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I had an idea how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they they could they could they could ping it there and instead of me trying to message you and then sure. send it back to him, you could answer him directly. But yeah, make sure you guys follow Sounds this good. guy. He's he's doing awesome stuff all around. Um, you know in and beyond the fitness world and in, in and outside of the hunting community just really cool stuff man and and like i said thanks appreciate it and look forward to talking soon that sounds great man thanks right. for having me on yeah have Take a good care. one